Listening Dog Media. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The Athletic. Hello and welcome back to the Offside Rule for our second episode of the 22-23 campaign. These seasons roll by. Um, I'm Lindsay Hooper and we might not have Kate Borsay this week. She's still living the French life right now. But we do have our very own Hayley McQueen back with us after missing Woo-hoo. last week. You interviewed Mikel Arteta, didn't you? I did, I did. He was very steely. He was very matter of fact, but it was nice to be let out of the studio to actually go and do an interview. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. And it clearly inspired him because they had that victory over Crystal Palace afterwards. So we'll put that down to you. Of course it did. Um, completing today's lineup as well, we have commentator extraordinaire. She's been so busy this summer. Uh, the woman who brought the Euros to life and whose commentary inspires us every week on Match of the Day as well. Vicky Sparks, hello to you. Not so long ago I saw you, but for Hayley McQueen, it's a, yeah. it's a very overdue hello. I've only ever heard you, but not seen you. This is this is wonderful. <laughs> no, so good to be with you guys. And yeah, what a summer for the lionesses! It was it was just unbelievable. Oh, Vicky, honestly, some of the commentary that you do—it's one of those things that I, I imagine when you enter that as a job, you want those moments because it sends a chill, doesn't it? It lasts forever. You have those moments on repeat, and you hear your your voice along with it. Do you do you enjoy that part of it? Yeah. I do. I mean, I think it's it's kind of channeling that that 10-year-old that used to love performing and and getting onto the stage and doing school drama and all that sort of stuff. But but you're so right and I I think that's the thing. Like I w- I was chatting about this with, with another colleague the other day and just saying that those are the moments that we dream of as commentators, but you're so reliant on the team that you are covering as a broadcaster actually being good enough to get them. And it was it was just mm. amazing to see that England side perform to the best of their ability to play as well as we knew they could and then go that little bit extra to be more than the sum of their parts. And it was just a fantastic tournament to cover. And I have to say, you know, particularly for the England games, the atmosphere inside the stadium made it as well. I mean, packed houses wherever they went, 
obviously culminating at Wembley, a record attendance for a, a men's or a Euros women's final. And it was just fantastic to see that energy and, and that support backing the team and, and all the way. And, and they brought it home. Yeah, they were good enough and some. We're a little bit giddy, actually, Vicky, Hayley and I. Uh, we met um, not too far away from where I'm sat right now yeah. um, at Sky Sports Studios many years ago, um, having our makeup done. Haley's actually reserved me a room today to be able to get ready because we were reunited and will be quite a lot this season, won't we, Haley, on Thursdays yeah, on the brilliant. set of Sky Sports News. I sat there just smiling at you thinking, oh, this is really weird. <laughs> we met 12 years ago. That's oh. 11, 12 years ago. That's how long it's been. Yeah. I'm now, yeah, a few wrinkles down the road. Oh, no. Uh, no, we you look bit, wonderful. We were we were in makeup, weren't we? I got I get the pleasure of getting my makeup done before going on air, and there's like a cement mixer in there now, filling in the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely needed to get that out for me when I rolled in. But yeah, it's it's so nice to be back reunited, have been able to be on set together a few times. Um, so yeah, look forward to many more of those, Haley, as the the season goes on. Uh, remember that you can subscribe to this podcast using your favourite podcasting app, wherever you get them. Um, go and hit follow or subscribe. Um, we also have so many articles up on OffsideRulePodcast.com. We're going to continue putting lots up throughout the season. It covers men's and women's football at OffsideRulePod on Twitter. Coming up on the show today with hundreds of deals completed this summer, the transfer window still open as well um, for a while longer. We suggest moves that would have made more sense for players who've changed clubs, but not necessarily the way they've gone. And with the Premier League season now underway, we predict who will be 22-23's breakout stars. There's always a few. We had Conor Gallagher, didn't we, as one of them last season. Mark Gay, yeah, Crystal Palace, I think, had quite a few. So we're going to find out who we think could be taking that accolade this campaign. But first, having now seen every side in action, we analyse what we've learned from the much-anticipated opening round of Premier League football. Untroubled by facing his own goal, finds Rodri to Bruyne. Haaland moving, great run. Erling Haaland, 2-0 Manchester City. Fabulous run and finish. Dad Alfie is here to watch. And Erling Haaland has arrived and arrived in style in the Premier League. Yes, we've uh, cleverly titled this Things We Learnt From The Opening Weekend. (laughs) It's this early in the season and we can't get more creative than that, folks. It's done. Match week one, um, we're going to just put a nail in that. It's done in the Premier League. Big wins for Spurs and Bournemouth as well. They surprised, didn't they? We have an unfamiliar top two there. Whilst Liverpool dropped points for just the fourth time in 20 games, in 2022. But it's not all change, having lost four league games at Old Trafford, sorry Hayley, in 21-22. Man United kicked off this campaign with a 2-1 defeat to Brighton, meaning they've now conceded six goals in their last two games against the Seagulls. I'm going to relieve you from not asking you about anything to do with that, Hayley. Uh, Today we want to kick off the show by discussing our biggest takeaways from the opening weekend, other than Man United. Um, and Ten Hag having a job to do there, starting with our guest this week, Vicky. So I think there's quite a few, but the one I'm going to pull out is Alexander Mitrovic is a Premier League worthy striker. I mean, I'm not just saying this because I put him in my fantasy Premier League team, 
but I put oh, him in my fantasy Premier League. Did you? <laughs> because well because I'm saying this. Because all right, let, let's look at the figures here. A ridiculous 43 goals in all competitions last season for Fulham. I mean, ridiculous is the right word. But I think a lot of people go back to that Premier League season he had a couple of years ago and say, yeah, well, he only got three goals for Fulham then. If you look at his overall Premier League record, he's got 26 goals in 105 games in the Premier League. That's across Fulham and Newcastle. And that season a couple of years ago, for me, that's the anomaly because he got double figures in 18-19 for Fulham, 11 goals and nine goals in the Premier League for Newcastle in 2015-2016. And he got one goal in six matches as well in 17-18 for Newcastle. For me, he's got the profile of a Premier League striker. He's got the experience. If you've hit double figures in the Premier League, I think you can say, you've proved you can do it in the Premier League and he's only 27 I mean when I think about Alexander Mitrovic I feel like he's been around forever but he is still just 27 years old he's coming into the peak of his career and those two goals against Liverpool vintage Mitrovic powerful header great penalty honestly I'm very happy with my selection for fantasy Premier League and I think Fulham are going to do well with him this season that's what you need you need a striker of course you do when you come up that can do it in the Premier League and and for me I don't think he should be questioned. Okay, so you're backing him, but how much are you backing him, Vicky? Is this going to be a return of 10 to 15 goals per season? Or are we talking 20 plus? I mean, I think I would say 10 to 15, but I, but I think that is what you're looking for in, in terms of a striker at that level. I think he's got the potential to, to go slightly higher. But honestly, I think for Fulham, if you say, right, he's going to get 10 to 15 goals this season, then I think that's a solid start for them. And I think they've got other players as well that are going to chip in there. But but for me, I mean, what, two goals down already? <laughs> and, he <laughs> takes, and he takes penalties. And I, and I just think that, that, particularly the header against Liverpool, where he just bullied Alexander-Arnold, I think that is what you get from Mitrovic. And you also get, you know, the play through the centre. He is that quintessential classical number nine, but he's intelligent as well. The moves that he makes off the ball. For me, I I think he's a really, really good fit for the Premier League at that sort of level. And Mm. I think it's it's strong that that Fulham have got him this season and, and kept him. And one more goal and he matches those three goals that he got for Fulham last time. And you're right to point out that that was the anomaly. You look at the players and who was providing him with balls into the box that season. I would level the fact that it was maybe the support play that was missing for him on that campaign. Hayley, how about you? What have we learned? We've learned that if you have a long-term recruitment plan with meticulously planned Uh, comings and goings and look at the business side of things that things will work Uh, and I think you just have to look at that Brighton Manchester United game to see the differences in how two clubs have oh you did bring it up (laughs) I did and I'm going to because I'm really disappointed in Manchester United how they started I was getting a little bit overexcited when of course they had that great win over Liverpool in in pre-season they had a wonderful pre-season and then comes the first game of the season, you're like, right, OK, this is this is where we're at. And I think um, Brighton just highlighted why they are so good and what they've done. And that actually the gung-ho approach that Manchester United have had to signing players and the fact that they have lost so many players for such huge amounts as well and haven't managed to recoup any of that. It just shows why they're in the financial mire that they're in at the moment. Brighton are in a sixth consecutive top flight battle and they have shown that they do business well. Graham Potter with kind of a long-term plan here. I know it doesn't always work when you have managers coming in and out. Um, who knows what's going to happen there, but that club record, of, it was just over 60 million for Cucurella, wasn't it, who, who left? 
have made a profit of 45 million pounds. Yes, I'm sure they'd have liked to have kept him, but you just think how far that money is going to go for a side like Brighton. The fact that they've got a strategy, they continue to develop, that every window is meticulously thought out. It just shows what happens when you do have a long-term plan and it's paying off with, with, with Brighton. I know we're only one game in. I know Gross, of course, scored those exceptional goals. But I just think they're in a really, really good position. And it's kind of showing up teams like Manchester United, who have had the draw of Old Trafford for so long. Well, what, what are they going to have when Old Trafford actually isn't the most desirable place to come and play their football? And you might not be choosing um, the red half of the Northwest or even the Northwest at all if you've got London clubs calling. But I just think uh, Brighton right now, the current setup has allowed them, I guess, to, to minimise their losses in this in this uh, period when others are suffering so badly, aren't they? So I just think well done to Tony Bloom, well done to everything at Brighton. And, and, and let's kind of use them as, as a bit of a marker as to where, you know, other teams that are maybe coming up can, can learn from instead of just going out in this this gung-ho approach that I'd mentioned. That was a bit all over the place, but you know where I'm at with this. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so much time for Graham Potter, Haley. I think we've appreciated him on this podcast for some time. I wanted to mention that I think it's going to be the year of number nines. Now, this isn't the most out there prediction when you've got players like Haaland and Nunez coming into the league. But wow, isn't it refreshing? Because we've had so many seasons where it hasn't been fashionable to be an out-and-out number nine. And we've always just rested everything on Harry Kane. But he gets to share the spotlight now with Haaland, with Nunez. And I think that's going to be really exciting for the league to watch. And maybe the fashion trends, as we know they can change, will come back round. And it'll all be about number nines from now on. We'll get to see more timed runs running off the back of that, that shoulder of the last defender. I love seeing that in football. And it's been missing I think for some time it feels like a more route one way to goal to me so much so I think Chelsea now like oh I think we're going to need a number nine everybody else is doing <laughs> it let, let us have one as well come on yeah, <laughs> yeah. how that's going to work out who knows any more from anyone anything that we learned from the opening weekend maybe some just quick ones I think it, it's something that the opening weekend has backed up but Tottenham are such an interesting prospect under Antonio Conte this season. I mean, Kulisevsky, I, I thought, was a fabulous buy when they brought him in. They've held on to Kane, they've held on to Son. Conte, obviously, as a manager, as long as he stays relatively happy, you always know that the fireworks aren't too far away with Conte. But honestly, I think this is a really exciting season for Tottenham. Mm, I'd agree. And they're top at the moment. Hayley? Yeah, I think it's going to be a possible defining season for Steven Gerrard as to whether his managerial career is going to go whoop back up to Liverpool or whether things are going to come crashing down. It's going to be a challenging campaign. Um, Dugian producer sent in some stats. I was quite overwhelmed or maybe... Gerard will be underwhelmed by this. Since he took over back in November 2021, Gerard's only won 10 of the 29 games under him, right? That's 1% lower, this is a start I'm astounded, than Gary Neville's time in charge of Valencia. And we all know what happened there. Doogie, yeah. that is yeah. that is a stat right there. Isn't it? Isn't it? We know he's been backed in the market. Um, he wasn't able to even to persuade Carney Chukwemeka to stay there. He left and, and, and went to play for Chelsea. Might not even get to play regularly. He could have under Gerrard, but he didn't even want to stay. Really disappointing opening day, beaten by Bournemouth. Villa had 66 possession, but only got two shots 
on target. That 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 is really poor. And you just do worry about Steven Gerrard. And it's a season now where people are expecting. He's had that time to bed in, and I think now it's like, right, come on, sh- show us what you're made of. They've got Everton, Palace, and West Ham in their next three games. They're going to want to pick up points fast to make sure that he's not just having to deal with them. Um, I guess negative headlines about his managerial position, really. Good point. Um, I'll finish off with Saliba at Arsenal. How impressive was he? And the thing that I want to mention about him, because Arsenal, it feels like they've got this wealth of of defensive options suddenly, having had a real weak point there for some time. They bring in Ben White, but could Saliba actually displace him? I want to defend Arsenal, you know, here. I saw a lot of criticism on social media from the the fact that they've had Saliba on loan for a few occasions. They signed him in in July 2019, paid 27 million, sent him out. And he played so well in that opening game that lots of Arsenal fans were saying, well, that's typical us, isn't it? Letting a player like that be on loan. He could have been doing that for us in the Premier League. Hang on. You know, this is a player, this is why you do the loan deal, right? You send Mm. them out, you get them better. They come back a finished article. He's slotted into this team. I think he's going to be a starting centre-back pretty much week in, week out now. So what happens to Ben White? I don't know. I don't know whether he moves position, but 50 million, you have to remember that part. But whatever's going on, Saliba and Gabriel, they look like a partnership. So I'm going to finish on that um, and think that they're going to do well together this season. Uh, we move on then to breakout star of 22-23. <laughs> Free kick taken rather unwisely. I think Everton might have got away with it. They might not have done. Gallagher seized it. And Gallagher wins the points for Palace. That's the best he's managed, I'm sure. He's got six now, two today. He started it. Every season, players that we didn't previously know much about burst into the public consciousness with a series of excellent displays. I love, it's one of my favourite things, just new players capturing our imagination. You know, we've already talked, I talked at the top about Conor Gallagher, but remember Jacob Ramsey as well, he broke out onto the scene last season. And lots of these managed to get England call-ups as well off the back of it. So, we want to predict some of this season's breakout stars. They don't have to be English. If they are, bonus, because we can talk about England as well. Uh, starting with you this time. I kind of want to mention two players who have a really exciting season in World Cup ahead of two players who will be playing at the same team together, which I think is going to benefit Wales. Nico Williams, but more importantly, Brennan Johnson. Both these players are 21. They're going to just, I mean, come on, they're going to absolutely love life. We've got Nottingham Forest playing in their first Premier League home game for 23 years this weekend. So all eyes will be on that game. And I don't think, yeah, we're expecting good things in Nottingham Forest. You'd hope that they might stay up, but what do we expect from a team that's been completely changed? Who knows? I think they're going to be a bit of a surprise. I have absolutely no idea how they're going to do, but I think they're going to be exciting. And they've got some exciting young British talent, you'd have to say. Now, Brennan Johnson will be hoping to be playing for Wales. He's been capped 13 times already and scored two goals for them. So I think him and Nico Williams are going to have a great time. They're going to have a lot of fun playing for a newly promoted side. who will have a lot of buzz around them. And his dad, of course, was a former Forest player and star too, David Johnson, who also played for Nottingham Forest. So making sure he had a say in exactly where his son played and how proud must he be of seeing your son not only playing for the team that you represented, but playing 
in the Premier League. He was on loan with Lincoln City. He actually broke into to the first team um, in the 2021-22 season. Um, he scored 19 goals, provided nine assists in 53 games in all competitions. That is a stat. Only eight players scored more than his 16 league goals. We saw he might have struggled a little bit in, in, in the opening game of the season. He, he played alongside Sam Surridge, they were defeated by Newcastle. However, I just think there's a lot of very exciting youth in this side as, as, as well. And we'll see how that partnership goes and whether this 3-4-1-2 will actually change as the games go on or whether they will stick with that. But it's exciting that he's going to be part of these long-term plans now. You've gone fully in on Nottingham Forest players, um, both of your choices, Hayley. I'm wondering, Vicky Sparks, are you just one club or have you spread your breakout stars around? Well, I've got one main breakout star. I'm going to give a couple of honourable mentions one that you've mentioned already Lindsay Saliba of course mm. still just 21 so I think he fits into this category Brendan Aronson as well the USA international another that caught the eye over opening weekend I was at Ellen Road to see their victory over Wolves again 21 years old had a great debut for Leeds lively aggressive almost got his first goal as well given as an Ike Norion goal in the end but I'm going to go for a player who has arrived in the last couple of days. So he hasn't even made his Premier League debut yet. Mikkel Damsgaard, or Damsgård, if you're pronouncing mm. it the Danish way. This is where we're having the debate between oh. Haaland and Borland. But Gosh. let's go Damsgaard for now. Join Brentford from Sampdoria on Wednesday. You might remember his exquisite free kick that put Denmark ahead in the Euro 2020 semi-final against England. Just turned 22. Very versatile attacking midfielder. He can be used on the wing, used as a number 10 or as a number 8. The caveat here is that he has struggled with injury over the past year. He only made 12 appearances last season for Sampdoria. But last summer, he was coming off a great season with them. He was being linked with the likes of Tottenham, Juventus. He had a really good Euro 2020 with Denmark. I think he's a really exciting young talent. And when I saw that transfer go through yesterday, I thought, I am so excited to see him in the Premier League. Again, he's at Brentford. He's there with Thomas Frank, who, of course, is his compatriot of Denmark as well. And I think if he stays fit... That is a really exciting signing, not just for the Premier League, sorry, not just for Brentford, but potentially for the Premier League as well. Am I allowed to choose Ryan Sassignon, both of you? Because obviously he's been around for a long time and he's been in and out of the Premier League, but... I, I think, think so. if you think this is going to be like his season to actually shine... Yeah, just from that opening weekend, I think he's going to keep, because um, they, they've obviously got Perisic who's come in. I think he's going to keep him in the wings for a while, just if he carries on performing the way he did. So I'm going to back Ryan Sassignon to get back in the England team as well. I, I just, I like what he's about. He looks stronger to me. He look, he looks like a more physical specimen. He's always had that, that style and that guile, but I just don't know. There was just something about watching that Tottenham performance at the weekend that made me think, no, this is him re-announcing himself. So I will say Ryan Sassignon then. My main pick, though, is from Southampton. Now, they might be a team that some people will already be thinking are going to struggle. But in the business that they've done, they've done a lot around young players. And I thought Romeo Lavia, even though Southampton were on the end of that, that drubbing by Tottenham, I thought he played pretty well. I mean, it's hard to say that, isn't it, when you've lost 4-1. But uh, Man City uh, sold him to Southampton. He's only 18 years old and already... Um, he's being considered for a senior Belgium call-up. Um, apparently, Roberto Martinez absolutely uh, across what this player is capable of. His uh, his stats from that opening game, 96% passing accuracy, 88% success 
success in ground duels and 13 ball recoveries, 11 passes into the final third, which I think is the key one because you want a midfielder that looks in front and looks for those runs from other players. It's not to say that this is the team where he's ultimately going to be able to shine. I think that Southampton are going to have to do quite a lot of defensive work as well this season, but one to watch for the future, I think, Lavia. Mm -hmm. And if Southampton do pull it together, he could go on a real flurry. Before we move on to our final topic, a quick plug for the Athletic Women's Football podcast. We, of course, had our Euros editions over the summer. If you want to relive some of that, go on there. Vicky Sparks was one of our guests for a few of those episodes. And it's nice to relive, isn't it? Any any journey where England go and win and lift the trophy at the end, uh, you can go and delve into that. We're also releasing a few specials. And then the season starts on the 10th of September. The transfer window, obviously open for a lot longer than the men's as well. Um, we've seen that there's some uncertainty about Jill Scott but one of the Lionesses Rachel Daly signed for Aston Villa this week there will be so much more that we cover so keep an eye on the feed there for the Athletic Women's Football Podcast with myself and Kate Orsay It's called Let's get it going Let's move on then to transfer switch. There's a few weeks left of the transfer window, which I've just mentioned. Uh, the men's one closing earlier than the women's. And for a few clubs, including Man United, it's probably going to be a frantic time till the end of the month. Uh, today, we want to review some of the business which has already been completed, but discuss which transfers would have worked out better, in our opinion, at other clubs. Hayley. Okay, I think Chelsea will be kicking themselves that they did not make sure they signed Darwin Nunez instead. He went to Liverpool. There was a bit of criticism on social media, wasn't he, when he went there? And of course, he's absolutely made sure coming off the bench for Klopp in the Community Shield win. And it was a draw against Fulham as well, wasn't it? Making an impact and just showing exactly what he's capable of. He's fitted in straight away. He looks an absolute handful. So he offers them that kind of different option in attack to what Liverpool have had in recent years but Chelsea are in dire need of just any kind of attacking threat obviously he would have been an ideal replacement for Lukaku at the moment there's this talk of Aubameyang coming in but how is an ex-Arsenal player who did have trouble with Mikel Arteta although I'm yet to see the latest series of um, Arsenal, of course, that I don't know if you've all been watching as well, the making of, of, yes. of Arsenal. Is that what it's called? The making of Arsenal? All, all, all no, nothing, all Arsenal, or nothing. All or nothing. Sorry, I don't know what they're making. What the hell? All or nothing. So that's yet to come out. And, and, and Arteta's got this little dossier, doesn't he? He's got like a book with everything that Aubameyang did or, or didn't do. So I'm looking forward to that. Do they really want to have a bad boy or do they want a guy who is just going to be, as, as James Milner told Sky Sports News, an absolute handful? Do you know what? I have to say on that I I really like Aubameyang as a player. I mean I know it did it, it all went horribly wrong at Arsenal and we know that and of course when people sign club sign players they they do all the checks. It's not just about what you like on the pitch, it's about what you like off the pitch as well. But I don't know. Like I I'm not I'm not saying he's necessarily the right fit for Chelsea, but mm. I was surprised when when it went the way that it did at, at Arsenal because I I think on the pitch he's he is a very 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 good player. 
He and is. that would be another forward player, wouldn't it? With links to Arsenal, Olivier Giroud, another one that went to Chelsea. Um, that's an interesting one. Um, before we come to you then, Vicky, I'm going to throw in goalkeeper. I'm wondering about Nick Pope or Dean Henderson to Leicester. I have Leicester missed a trick here because you, when you realise that Kasper Schmeichel is their captain, he's left the club after 11 years, which I think was crazy anyway to let him go, to be honest. But he's gone to France. And if you know that that's happening, don't you bring in brilliant reinforcements. Now, Danny Ward, Wales goalkeeper, I think he's got a lot to offer, but I certainly think they need reinforcements in that position. And they've watched Nick Pope and, and Dean Henderson go to other clubs. And I think they would have been a more attractive prospect. I can't understand. Is this recruitment at Leicester letting them down? I mean, Vicky, what do you think? Because covering the club quite a lot in the Premier League we've seen them be so good on the transfer market in previous seasons they've done no business this one I think this is a really good show and I think you know Nick, both Nick Pope and, and Dean Henderson outstanding goalkeepers I just wonder with Henderson whether it's the fact that obviously he's gone on loan to, to Nottingham Forest and Manchester United whether Leicester would be looking for somebody that they could you know establish as a number one rather than just getting in a, a loan signing as number one but you know who's, who's to say if Dean Henderson had gone there and played well and actually decided you know what maybe if Leicester have a decent season and, and Manchester United are still struggling and they look as though they're sticking with De Gea then actually maybe I do look to build a career permanently somewhere else so no I think it's I think it's a really good shout and yeah in hindsight you wonder whether Leicester will look back and think you know what there, there were two goalkeepers there that actually we could have really pushed for. And how about yours yourself Vicky which one have you decided yeah, well, I think this one was was almost a no-brainer and I think the club will be incredibly frustrated that it didn't happen because they wanted it to. Calvin Phillips to Manchester United, simple as. I mean, he said he'd never go there as a die-hard Leeds fan due to that rivalry. But, you know, this is a player that deserves to play week in, week out. A player you can build a team around. He might get it that in the long run at, at Manchester City, but he deserves it now and, and he's exactly the sort of player that United needed in that regard yes. and they know it too they wanted him but he went for City it would have been a brilliant move for Manchester United the question is would it have been a great move for Calvin Phillips I mean playing time yes but it is still clear and I know we're not going to go into this in depth we'll spare you Hayley but yeah you know as we said at the top it's still clear that Eric Ten Hag has, has a real job in his hands there but but that would have been exactly the sort of signing that Manchester United needed that's a really good shout and, and Hayley I mean midfield that is the area where you feel that it is lacking at United. Mm. I mean, do we even do we even Haley throw Richarlison into the mix with this because yes. he went to Spurs? And I'm thinking not just Manchester United mm -hmm. as a potential other club, but mm -hmm. West Ham United. You know, when West Ham didn't get Jesse Lingard, I was thinking, oh, Richarlison would be the sort of player that could actually really take you on to the next level. They're in Europe this season. Do you think? Do you think maybe Richarlison's ended up with mm -hmm. a move where he's not going to get as much football? He could have got more elsewhere. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. I think he's only 25 years old, whereas United at the moment have been looking at Marko Arnautovic, who is 33 years old. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. And not a long-term option. They've got to start looking for the long-term. There have been too many short-term fixes that haven't fixed anything at all. I actually think 50 million is, is going to be a bit of a shrewd bit of business. And, yeah, it would have made more sense for him to go to United because... I mean, he's just going to be back up, isn't he? To Kane, Son, and then Kulisevsky, because unfortunately, with Richarlison being suspended in that game, they had him missing, and Kulisevsky absolutely 
bossed it, didn't he? I would have loved him at Manchester United. There are many players I would love at Manchester United. And I'm kind of resigned to the fact that Ronaldo will be going. And I'm kind of okay with that. But I'm just looking at kind of what's left. There's, there, there's nothing left. All the good... All the good deals have been have been snapped up, or certainly all the big players have been snapped up. And yes, I know you mentioned Vicky, kind of players who've moved from Leeds to Manchester United. Not many have done it, but come on, United should have just broken the bank to make sure that they got. Hey, it's it's, it's not me get... say it's not me saying that. It's Calvin Phillips. Well, <laughs> Calvin, sort yourself out. Come on, Man United, a bigger club than Leeds. There's no rivalry there anymore. Yes, there probably is, and your dad will tell you there absolutely is. That probably would have made a little bit more sense. And you just mm. do hope that Richarlison is such an exceptional talent as well. Doesn't just sit on the bench. I know we've got five subs this season. So substitutes are going to be seeing a bit more of the action, you'd have to think. But you wouldn't want him just to be on the bench. Another one I wanted to throw in. And, and this is this is slightly cheating because it's one that could still happen. So Armando Breuer. Now... I know he's not transferred as such, but he's moved from his loan at Southampton back to Chelsea. So he's, he's changed clubs, so I'm counting it. Six goals in the Premier League Premier League last season for Southampton. And it's that question of game time again. Of course, Lukaku and Werner have gone. He might get some game time at Chelsea if he impresses. But I think a regular season is so important. And you look at the clubs that are crying out for strikers. I mean, Wolves have just bought Gonzalo Guedes. I think that's a shrewd bit of business in an attacking sense. But I just wonder if Breuer, already with the Premier League experience, would have done well there. And Everton are now being linked with him as well. Of course, they need reinforcements with Everton Dominic can Calvin go Luna away. Into the Everton game. can just leave it, right? <laughs> I, don't, I was going to save this for any other business, but Connor Cody should be just wrapped in bubble wrap and have a statue outside Molyneux. That's how much I feel about him. And I do understand that Wolves are going in a, a different direction with a back four, and so it yeah. makes it difficult. And I and I, he goes with Wolves fans' blessing, but he goes through, honestly, tears in my eyes because what a captain. On it, I, yeah, Everton can go and do one if they want another player. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh. it's, it's a big call. I think you're right, Lindsay. It's a massive call. I mean, I, I was speaking to Bruno Large after after the match at Ellen Road and talking about, obviously, this switch to the back four and it's clear that he doesn't see Cody as a starter in a back four as opposed to a back three. But you know, that's a massive call. Oh. I mean, this is, this is a play that is, is week in, week out for Wolves. He's a massive influence in the dressing room. He's a very, very, very good defender. Big call. Big call for Wolves. Not the switch, but to, you know, to, to let him go. I had that flicker, that gut wrench in your gut, you know, in your, in your stomach when you were talking. Oh, it's horrible. It is horrible. And uh, move we will on? see. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to any other business, please. Any other business? Uh, this time we're going to have to rattle through these because we had such a chat, didn't we, about those transfers. Uh, worth saying as well, because there are so many alternative moves we didn't touch on as a trio. If you want to let us know yours, tweet us at Offside Rule Pod. Uh, for any other business then, who wants to go first? I'll jump in with uh, Mark Kukurea. One of the things that I love about the transfer window is I'm not going to call it banter, I'm going to call it 
barely disguised antagonism occasionally between <laughs> club social media accounts. So let's, Rolls let's off the go tongue. through <laughs> let's 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 go through go through the saga in inverted commas. So very clear that Chelsea are after Mark Kukurea. A lot of media outlets start reporting that, that basically the, the deal is as good as done. So August the third, very shirty social media post from Brighton. Capital letters, club statement, Mark Kukurea take caps lock off they're not super super angry but they are annoyed contrary to inaccurate reports from numerous media outlets this evening no agreement has been reached with any club to sell mark kukurea this is 3rd of august two days later chelsea social media capital letters club statement mark kukurea take caps lock off following reports from numerous <laughs> media outlets this week we can confirm an agreement has been reached with brighton and hove albion for the signing of mark kukurea honestly i i actually laughed out loud when i read it i thought this is brilliant it's one of the most underrated signing and you know underplayed signing announcements isn't it we're used to the flashy videos and all of this mm-hmm. but no bit of sarcasm tap 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 posted <laughs> on social media and it, it was brilliant it was really funny <laughs> I love that. Hayley. Oh, what about... So Adrian Rabiot could be on his way to Manchester United, but his agent is demanding that Man United cough up more than six million a year, okay? Because she wants to make sure he earns a hell of a lot more than he does in Italy. There's a woman behind his moves, okay? She is negotiating over personal terms and there's a bit of a stumbling block in the move. This is making headlines right now, but I noticed that this woman, Veronica, happens to be his mum. So his mum has gone in, who is also his actual agent. She's pictured leaving a meeting with this giant sort of um, folder under her arm. She's not just making sure that, you know, her as an agent is doing her job properly. She's there as a mother looking after every single aspect of his life. Now, if if anyone's going to get a deal done for you and get every single little thing that you need, it's going to be your mum, isn't it? So I I love it. Juventus want to make sure that they're not losing him completely free next summer. And Rabiot has had these phone calls with with Eric Ten Hag, who's spoken very highly of him. But but his mother, a bit like when you're a child, you remember when you used to kind of have a handset and the cord would be maybe pulled out? We, We had a handset that was in the hallway on a phone with a big long curly wire and, and I'd go and shut the door so I could have private little conversations with my friends and then you'd suddenly just hear a little click and your mum would have lifted up one of the other handsets from around the house. Yes. That's kind of what's yeah. that's kind of yeah. what I envisage happening in, in, in his house in the Rabio household, although he probably doesn't live with his mum and he's got a mobile phone. But I'd just <laughs> like to have that I'd just like to have that picture in my head right now, you know? We've all got that picture in our head right now. Um, I'm going to bring the tone down a little bit. I'm, I feel, I'm feeling for a set of fans, and I suppose it's a bit of a critique as well, of the World Cup update moving slightly. Oh. Don't know whether you've both been across this, but mm, if you're Ecuador yeah. fans... And we know as well that Qatar, I mean, getting accommodation out there is difficult. All the flights, it's very expensive tournament to go uh, and watch the World Cup this year. And um, for Ecuador fans, they probably are now going to be further out of pocket if they thought that that opening game was going to happen um, on the 21st of November. That was when it was scheduled to begin. But it looks like FIFA are going to move the start date of the World Cup a day earlier 
so that host nation Qatar can play the very first match. It had been set that it was going to be Senegal playing the Netherlands on November 21st. And we know that it's been tradition. I don't know why this hasn't been thought out before that the host this nation what, plays like, first. Yeah, yeah. I was like, OK, that makes sense. But why didn't it make sense to them many, many moons ago when they knew that, you know, they could have had a game on that day? Or that, why didn't they put the Qatar game first i just i don't understand why they didn't do it in the first place basically no. i think it's yeah. going to probably be ratified wouldn't you say Haley? i mean you're on the sky mm. sports news it sounds like it's 7 p.m kickoff they've even discussed that um, yeah. on the sunday so poor ecuador fans if they've already booked their transport uh, they might miss the the opening match yeah i totally agree i think that's uh, that's it isn't it you know it's the move itself, the the idea to have the hosts opening the, the tournament, that that is that's not an issue. But like, like I think all of us and everybody in the football world is just like, how did you not see this coming? Like if you wanted to change it, how was this not done at the mm. time? And why is it only happening now? On it, honestly, it's yeah, I, I I have no answers. I have no answers. <laughs> Oh, Vicky, there's so many answers we don't have on this show. <laughs> we'll have to save them for another time. So in that case, um, I think it's a good mm-hmm. place for us to leave this show. Thank you very much, Vicky, for joining us for this one. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Great to be with you. And where are you before you're going to have a little bit of downtime? Mm-hmm. Yep, a uh, bit, yeah, bit of downtime, which which I'm looking forward to. But uh, ahead of this weekend, I will be at Wolves Fulham. So we will see if Alexander Mitrovic can live up to the oh. big billing oh. that I've just given him. I'm sure he can. Don't tell the Wolves fan on this podcast whether you're keeping him in your fantasy Premier League team I don't want to know I don't want to know to be honest Vicky but enjoy that final match before you get to catch your breath a little um Hayley how about you what's what's the your week looking like I'm just Sky Sports News frantic at the moment so um we record this on a Thursday. I have my Friday morning show and then Soccer Saturday pre-match. And I also do a fantasy football little insert into a programme. Don't you Saturday get putting Mitrovic in. Yeah. No, I know. No. So my team is already doing hopes. I think I was on like minus two points by um <laughs> after after not just match day one after match one the friday night football so if anyone's tuning in luckily i'm not producing that segment but i was heavily involved i think i'll leave the producer to sort out the uh, teams and and yeah anything that the fantasy football goers would want to know because quite frankly from from the outset i am I am failing already. But yeah, I quite I quite enjoy that. We're all covering each other's teams. So I'm actually at Brentford Man United this oh, weekend, Hayley. Um, that'll, that'll be an interesting one. Following on from last weekend, I, I'm really curious to know how Ten Hag juggles this team around. I think he'll make quite a few changes, actually, from, compared to that uh, first weekend. bloody have to, isn't he? He is going to have to, I think, yeah. Um, thank you both for your time. Um, remember, it's at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we'd love to get some more reviews in for the show especially to start a new season it will help us to go up the charts and also for other people to find us so if you have time to do that it would be much appreciated Um, until next time um, I hope that you enjoy your weeks wherever you are thank you for listening and speak again soon you've been listening to the Offside Rule part of the Athletic Podcast Network keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta Check out all of the Athletics football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Athletic.
Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.